This podcast is brought to you from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to episode 70 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name's Jonathan Wiley, and joining me today, as always... (laughs) As always. Because I can't find anybody else to do this with... (laughs) So true. Mindy Carney. Ugh. Here I am again. What do you mean? I'm ha- oh, no, I'm super happy. You don't sound super happy. I am happy. You are happy? Yes. It's that happy time of the year. It is. I know. Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of Christmas spirit for me at my house. Is this your favorite holiday of the year or not? Um, you know, since I've had kids, it's my favorite holiday of the year. But really, 4th of July is my favorite holiday. But with kids, I really enjoy Christmas, but 4th of July is my favorite holiday. That makes sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite holiday when I moved to the United States. I started celebrating some new holidays that I had never celebrated before. July 4th being one of those, because as you may expect, that's not really celebrated in the UK. It's not an international holiday? And it's not celebrated in the UK, you know, when we gave the country back to you and everything. (laughs) Everyone walks down with like their heads hanging low. Yes, it's a day of mourning. we lost. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. Sorry, not sorry. We've moved on. You've moved on, good. I'm glad it doesn't sound like it, but okay. Well, some of us have. Yes. And... Oh, Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, I think there's Thanksgiving also. Doesn't Canada celebrate a Thanksgiving? Do you guys have a Can- like a Thanksgiving over in Scotland some, of some sort? No, we do not. No. Is it is Canada's Boxing Day? Is that like their Thanksgiving? What's Boxing Day in Canada? We have Boxing Day in the UK. What is it? It's the day after Christmas. Oh. It's not really a holiday per se. It's just you don't like get a like the day, day off? Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. so yes, then it is a holiday. Okay. Okay. Anyway... <laughs> People Should we didn't, get back on course? <laughs> yeah, people didn't tune in to hear our holiday they talk. They didn't, no. Yeah. Okay, news and follow-up. Yeah, we should do this because okay. I think there is a lot to talk about yeah, today. Yeah, there is. You got a lot of stuff on here. First up is Canva, who have been rolling out some exciting updates, I think, at the end of the year. The first being Canva for Education. Did you see this? Well, kind of. Okay. Kind of, I did. It sounds like great news because, uh, in theory, uh, teachers can sign up for a free Canva for Education account, which gives them the equivalent of the Canva Pro account, Mm -hmm. which I think normally costs like $10 a month or something. However, it's not without some um, stipulations, I guess. Uh, A free Pro account will give teachers... Up to 30 student accounts. Ooh, but can I have it without the students? Well, I would think so, yes. The problem is, I think that, you know, if you're an elementary teacher, yay, 30 students. That covers you probably. Great. That will probably work for most classes. Yeah. But if you're a middle high school teacher, I don't know how that works. Mm. I mean, because you probably have like 120 kids or something else. And how you make that work for all those student accounts to... Yeah, I, I I can't get my head around yeah, how that works right. yet. And I would say, although Canva is pretty user-friendly, that it would most likely be used in, like, I don't know, fourth grade and on up, right? Yeah. So that fourth and fifth grade, probably 30 students in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Six through 12, probably not. Yeah. I mean, teachers will see more students than that. So For sure. Mm, that's interesting. It's kind of like roping people in, right? So they're going to get in there and see how much they love it. 
Yep. And they're hoping that people then will purchase it for a district. Is that how it works? Like for a domain or what's their pricing they for do, it? They do have like a enterprise um, okay. plan as well if if needed. But this is going to be free for schools. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a good thing. I did yeah. read somewhere um, a quote from uh, TechCrunch. It said it's a totally free product that has launched in beta with Australian schools. And they integrated it with G Suite and Google Classroom to allow students to build out projects and teachers to mark them up and review them. So mm. they're going to have some kind of Google Classroom inter- integration as well, which I think is interesting. That is kind of interesting. So we'll see if that comes over or not, or yeah, ha- what right. that beta was what like it in ends Australia. Up like too. Yeah. Because they're an Australian company, I think. Oh, Canvas? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Also new from Canva then, they have a desktop editor coming. I don't have much information on that, but they announced that that's coming, which is good. I applied for the the free education account, so I'll see if that comes through or not. You just basically have to prove that you are a teacher at a... Uh, you know, at a, at a private or public school mm-hmm. and give them a, either a shot of your ID badge or um, something else to prove mm. that you are who you say you are. Perfect. As well as your school website. And then they say they'll review that and get back to you. Oh, well, all right. They have a Canva video editor on the way, which will offer video templates, access to stock content library, uh, music and easy to use animation tools. Mm, I do like because Canva has like those little GIF yeah. animations in now. I tried to use one the other day and it was for with a paid account. So, yeah. Um, another thing they announced was uh, canva.com forward slash apps. And it's a bunch of like integrations for other companies. So, for instance, there's a there's a Google Drive app where okay. you can browse inside a Google Drive to get your photo or image you want for Canva. Oh, I see. Mark it up, edit it, do all your things on it, and then save it back to Google Drive. Oh. Wow. So that's kind of nice. It's kind of a neat thing. And then they have it, same for Dropbox and Facebook, and they have some other, like, um, add-ons for doing, like, photo filters and things like that, too. So do you get all those things with the free account, or is this with the pro account? I think those are in the free account from what I've seen so far. Oh, nice. All right. Hmm. So there you go. Um, oh, one last thing. Okay. Canva.new oh boy, and design.new oh God. will open up a new Canva workspace wow. for you. Oh, and Twitter didn't explode? Yeah. I didn't see a ton of gazillion tweets about that. I don't know. So Good job, go. Canva. Lots of Canva stuff coming. Yeah, that we, is a lot of Canva stuff. We like Canva and we'll probably yeah, we talk about them a little bit later. Sure. Mm. Okay. All right. What else you got? Google Sites updates. Oh, yay. Okay. You sound really excited about this. You know, whatever. Just continue. What's I up? feel like the Google Sites team have been working really hard recently. Oh, They've been the churning Google out Elves? the updates. Okay. All right. So, yeah, nothing amazingly um, <laughs> spectacular exactly. or important right. here. But okay. you can review the latest changes to a new Google Site before publishing it. All right. So it kind of lets you compare side by side with like um, the draft mode and oh. what the site looks like now. Okay. So that you can see yeah. what it's going to look like before you hit publish and make sure everything is uh, the way you want it. Which is nice because otherwise you have to like put it in an incognito window, right? Yeah. So you can view the published versus the draft. Yes. Or, or I mean, to see them at the same time. See them at the same right. time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, they're doing version history in Google Sites. I like that. So you can find who who screwed everything up. I always like when you can point a finger at someone. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what that's for, isn't it? Yes. Or if you are working on a group project with kids sure. and you want to see who did what. Who, oh, yeah, right. Y- yeah. Point yeah. fingers at who screwed everything up. Sure. And give people <laughs> the appropriate credit. Maybe. Yes. yes. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got this new thing coming called uh, Cloud Search. Okay. You can make searches show results from your site. Okay. Make searches show results from your organization's cloud hmm. or hide the search bar. So yeah. basically you can search through all the other sites at your school domain to find something huh. if you want. Hmm. So I think that could have potential if you're looking yeah. for a document or maybe it's on the PLC site and you can't remember what that, Where that web is. address is or whatever. You could search for it inside of your site. Okay. And last but not least, there are improvements to image carousels, table of contents, and buttons. Oh, wow. Okay. I might click on this one, actually. Yeah. Okay. You can add captions to images in the image carousel now. Oh, well. Okay. You can set a transition (laughs) speed for an image carousel. Okay. You can hide headings from a table of contents. Okay. And you can choose between different styling oh, options all right. for well, that's, buttons. That's an actual, okay, fine. You like the buttons one? I guess. I mean, sure. All right. All right. I, I don't know. I thought you'd, be, you, I thought you'd like some of these updates, Wendy. <laughs> not a big Google Sites user, are you? I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. Although okay. I do think it's super easy to use. So that's yeah, fine. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Talk about Gmail. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Two new Gmail things. Um, I mentioned this to Mindy or uh, yesterday, I think it was, when it came out. And she was like, what? <laughs> so you can now send emails as attachments in Gmail. I don't even know what that means. That's the forward button. I don't understand. I don't understand this. This is dumb. It's the forward button. This this function already exists. I don't get it. <laughs> it kind of does, but let's say you wanted to forward like three or four emails. You could now They're do all that. They're in the chain. They might not be in the chain, though. Okay. They might be from different conversations, and you could say, here's all the contact I've had with this parent. And you could okay. select all the emails, attach them to one email, and then that person can read all those emails. Okay. Well, that's fine. Whatever. Okay. Wow, you're going to be you know hard what? to so impress today. I, I am hard to impress today. I, I am anxious to hear how someone uses this. So you can blow me up on Twitter, whoever is using this super amazing <laughs> new feature. All right. Next. Also in Gmail. You... I'm really in a good mood today, too. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Yep. Sure, you really sound like it. Yeah, I know. Um, also new in Gmail is the ability to propose a new meeting time mm-hmm. or add a note to a calendar inside of Gmail. So when you get that calendar that like? invite, okay. mm-hmm. uh, inviting you to a meeting, and right. it says, hey, can, 12 o'clock, we're going to meet, mm-hmm. you can, inside Gmail, you can choose propose new time, and you okay. can say, could we do 1 o'clock instead? And oh, it will good. alter so the more calendar emails. invite. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, it doesn't send an, well, probably does send an email. I haven't tried it yet. Or had I'm the sure opportunity does, to right? try it. Yeah, but yeah. you can just propose so a new meeting time. So does this exist already? You could propose a new meeting time in Google Calendar, but now you can do it from Gmail. Okay. 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 Yep. Right. Let's just leave the Google stuff alone for I a know, while I, then. Eh? Yeah, I don't okay. know. Yeah, I, I'm i interested. I, I I, don't know. I use find a time a lot. And yeah. so I don't have all of this back and forth proposing of times. But if it's someone thing. outside of your domain, I get it. it you know. So. Hey, sometimes people send me things where I haven't put it on my calendar sure. like i was going to work on something and i had that right. in my head but not on my calendar and yeah. it happens sometimes so. yeah i get it okay 
Alright, uh, just to give a quick mention then for this app, because we talked about these types of apps before, um, which is the Microsoft Math Solver. Okay. So we talked about these type of apps where you can um, scan something and it will help solve the math problem for you. Um, mm-hmm. So with Google has a version and now Microsoft has a version. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure... In the new year, Apple will have a version or something as well. But Mm -hmm. um, you can scan, type, or draw a math problem to get the answer. Step-by-step instructions, video tutorials, and more. And it's available on iOS and Android. Nice. I get behind these. You like these? I do like that kind of stuff, yes. You're you're kind of a math person, aren't you? I am, yeah. Yeah. You like them? I am, yeah. Um, So I added something uh, before we came in. Did you see this, that now Instagram is requiring users to add their age? Which I thought they did anyway. So that was neither here nor there to me. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But so because they want to make sure that they're filtering in age-appropriate ads for um, our younger users on Instagram. Mm. Coming on the coattails, I believe, of um, YouTube's uh, hot dumpster fire lawsuit. Yeah, and that's like... I mean, I've been meaning to maybe think about talking about this on the podcast, but I really don't have any answers whatsoever for anybody on this. But yeah, long story short, if you're uploading the video to YouTube now, you have to say if it's made for adults Uh or made for kids. And depending on which one you choose, Mm -hmm. there are a number of repercussions that... Either way. (laughs) Yes, either way that things are going to... Yeah. Be different now on yeah. YouTube. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so the other thing um, that I would say about this, because I will admit that I've done this for my kids before, is that, I mean, you can still lie on how old you are. So I'm not really sure. I mean, at least they're making the effort, I guess. But like my kids have YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're not old enough, but they do have parental permission. So their YouTube accounts are tied to my parent account. So I feel like... When I went through all that, it was all kosher. But um, you can still, as a kid, lie and say how old you are. Yeah, it feels like they're kind of covering themselves a little bit. Or the lawyers have mm -hmm. suggested this would be a good thing to do. I would agree. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Way to go, Instagram. I guess. Whatever. All right. So... Up next, main course, serve to you, piping hot, the best of 2019. Because it's December. Yes. And this is what people do. I think we are contractually obliged I to do you have to, like, these types of shows at the yes. end of the year, don't you? Yep, I think so. Okay, so All we're right. going to do a roundup of yep. some of the best products, apps, services, things mm-hmm. that we've enjoyed using in 2019, things that our schools have enjoyed using in yep. 2019. Um, and we've even got some listener suggestions thrown in mm-hmm. for good measure here. Yeah, we so do. where should we start, Mindy? Do you want to do our list of um, ed tech that's had a great year? Things that we think really evolved, yeah. made some strides forward this year. Mm-hmm. Let's do that one then. Okay. So um, merely because I can't go through my Twitter feed, which, you know, I don't even like to go on there, but I cannot go through my Twitter feed without seeing... 30,000 tweets about Flipgrid. Flipgrid fever has has never never, been stronger, has it? Yes, yeah. So Flipgrid added a lot of great features this year, um, including another one on our list. 
which is Immersive Reader. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Immersive Reader is kind of, maybe we should have started with Immersive Reader because Immersive Reader now can be found in lots of different tools. But the fact that Immersive Reader now is in Flipgrid makes it much more accessible um, for the users, including um, also the little QR code with AR with Flipgrid. So you can kind of overlay any videos that students have created on top of work or anything like that. The new shorts camera and all the feature that came with that. I just like that, you know, sometimes when these big companies like Microsoft bought Flipgrid, you never really know which way that's going to go. Maybe they were just going to buy it and leave it Mm -hmm. like some people have done the things in the past, but they're really supporting them. And the last episode we did, you know, talked about new Flipgrid features that mm-hmm. just came out. So there's constantly evolving, yeah. constantly doing new things. Right. And But you're right. That's I mean, I think when um, Microsoft bought Flipgrid, we were all kind of like, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Um, but instead, they made it free and made all of these great changes. And it's really evolved into um, an even better tool than it was than it was when it first came out. So kudos to Flipgrid for keeping current and becoming even more powerful as it ages. Absolutely. Yeah. If your Twitter feed has a bunch of Flipgrid in it, it probably also has a bunch of Wakelet in it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. People riding the Wakelet wave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wakelet's really become more powerful this year, too. And I mean, I know I've talked about Wakelet before because I know um, it's been around for a while. It's not a new tool, but it's definitely evolved this year and has become more powerful as well. It has a Flipgrid integration in it. So those Mm. two now some hidden relationship with Microsoft between Microsoft and Wakelet because Wakelet's like I said, connected to Flipgrid and also has Immersive Reader um, in it, too. And so Wakelet has really, I think, got a lot of opportunities for people who are creating playlists, who are having want collaborative um, curation of resources like you'd find kind of like in a Pinterest board. Um, it's got great possibilities for flipped classrooms like Amber talked about last time she was here, um, adding some of those videos in and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's got a lot of, it's very open, right? Very flexible, very versatile. So um, it's been really fun to kind of watch that evolve this year as well. And you just did a blog post with Mm -hmm. Amber on, is Wakelet the new Padlet? Well, what did you decide? I didn't actually put that in the blog post. Well, maybe I should rephrase that one then. uh, Well, the thing about it is, is that I with Padlet, you know, we've been trying to find um, something to replace Padlet because for new users, it's Padlet's kind of a difficult tool to use because you don't get very many Padlets. I think Wakelet has that same capability if it had a couple more tweaks to it. One of them, I wish that it had a camera built into it that wasn't a video camera. So just a camera that was you could hit the camera button and it would access your webcam. I also wish that that you could just add audio without doing like a Flipgrid workaround with like covering your camera or pixelating yourself or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. just access your um, device. And the last thing that I think that it's really missing that makes a huge difference for it is that as an owner of a Wakelet, when you invite other people onto your Wakelet, as far as I can see... And as much as I've played with it, is that I can't actually go in and edit someone else's ads to my board because they don't belong to me. So it might be my board, but if someone puts something in there that is maybe inappropriate, if it's not actually posted by me, I can't edit it or delete it. Okay. So in a school setting, that obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, could cause some issues. So if that was the case, I think it's it's got it. 
these are small updates. Yeah, I don't think they're a big deal. Them. I don't mm-hmm. think they're terrible, you know, asks for sure. So um, I think once those three things maybe are in place, then, yeah, we have a replacement for Padlet. Well, let's talk about Immersive Reader then okay. briefly because we have mentioned it twice now yes, <laughs> with those right. other ones. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those tools that's also becoming really prevalent and you're finding it everywhere yeah. i just look back at our itech slide deck that we did oh, we yeah. did our wait yeah. what did i miss and yeah. we talked about it then because on there we had a list of all the places that you can find the immersive reader and mm-hmm. it's probably in more places now since we've done that Maybe. presentation in october but wonderopolis yep. flipgrid thinglink wakelet minecraft edu it's in Minecraft EDU. Yes. Which that was in our presentation. Merge Explorer. <laughs> that one I knew. OneNote, Word, Outlook, sure. Teams, Edge, Nearpod, PowerSchool, Buncee. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just in a ton of places. Yeah, it is. And it's really a really worthwhile tool. Because how does that work? So Microsoft like open source that so people can go in and put it wherever they want and tweak it too? They have a, right? an API that people can right. use to yes. plug that into their tool or yeah. website. And not to mention the Chrome extension now. Exactly. That we had mentioned before too. Yes. Yeah. So really great accommodation, I think, to have for kids. And if you use any of those tools, just to, it'd be a nice thing just to model to kids, yeah. just to say, this is here. You don't yeah. have to use it, right. but it's here if you want to use it. Sure. As you say, with all these, you know, read and write and snap and read and, yeah. and those types of tools. Yeah, right. All right. Well, um, I think this one comes in later, too, but Seesaw obviously make lots of big changes um, this year and made it much more powerful, mostly on the paid side, however. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You really want me to about. We can read that because people have recommended it later on in the show. So I'll just I'll let the listeners speak for themselves. OK, so okay. we'll. we'll- Give Seesaw the thumbs up, but yes, we'll come back and, sure. and give it a little nod as well. Yeah. Well, something else, I think this is kind of a wild card entry. I'm going to throw this it in here kinda. because uh-huh. I think you saw it on the list and we're like, I'm super curious as to what you're going to say about Can't this. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. I think Keynote for iOS is a really fun uh, tool that I think has seen a lot of traction this year. Yeah. I've seen Amber use it, and yeah. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter using it. And the drawing tools and things mm-hmm. that you can do in there now, you can save things as a GIF. You can um, create stop motion. You can create movies. People are doing all kinds of really fun, creative things with Keynote that really this is like a this is a PowerPoint. This is a presentation tool. Right. And, you know, it's just interesting, I think, that Apple have decided to include some of these features so that they can help differentiate their product from something like PowerPoint or Google Slides, which, you know, these things, all three of these tools basically all do the same kind of thing. But if you can have like a little standout something Mm -hmm. to have people think about why they might want to use it over something else, then yeah, yeah, that's good. I think educators have really embraced that. And there's all kinds of like doodling challenges and Mm -hmm. drawings and things on the Apple EDU chat where people are using Keynote for that. So. I know. I really wish I I should get in there and play with it a little bit. It's just like normally when I have to do something where maybe that would make sense. It's always like, well, but I already know how to do it with this tool. You know what I mean? Like, but so I haven't ever been. I mean, I am going to talk about gifts a little bit later, but um, I'm sure I can use Keynote to make my gifts, but I do it in different place. And we have an example later on that you're going to share from Amber that was created inside the Keynote. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a creative, fun tool now. Yeah, right. All right. So um, 
the last one on the list mm-hmm. is actually yours, and that is Google Classroom. You have been on a Google Classroom like march around town you this think whole so? year. Yes. I feel like they've had a really big year and yeah. they've done lots of stuff. And this year they celebrated their fifth year of Google Classroom. Okay. I remember when it first came out and yeah. it wasn't much to write home about. It did no. that nice assignment workflow thing. Yeah. But people were like, yeah, this isn't going to replace my LMS yet. Right. But five years later, people are like, yeah, this might replace my yeah, LMS. Right. And I know right. some schools that are using things like Canvas, mm-hmm. but they've also got the option of Google Classroom. And when they see Google Classroom, they're mm-hmm. like, why do I need Canvas? Yeah, because right. I can do everything I need inside of that. Right. But They've got the new classwork page that came out this year. Mm-hmm. They've got the revised gradebook. Yep. They've got the rubrics thing. Right. Uh, originality reports. They're starting to make those integrations with the different LMSs to the gradebook sync. Right. The, you can now create a quiz inside of Google Classroom. I mean, I know it's just a Google form, but you can do it right from inside yeah, the classroom right. now. Less clicks, yep. Yeah, there's the comments bank so that you can reuse some of your comments when you're grading things from student work. So... So I just think kudos to the yeah. Google Classroom team. Yeah. Um, there's this button down in the bottom left-hand corner. It's a little question mark or something. And if mm-hmm. you click on it, yeah. one of the options is leave feedback. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell people that from what I have seen and what I've heard, the people at Google do read all your feedback. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when we first talked about the rubrics beta when it first yeah. came out and you couldn't recreate rubrics yeah. and people were like that's dumb we me. need to redo a rubric yes yeah they mm-hmm. heard you yeah um, huh? they read your comment yeah. um, and they they fixed that because yeah. you know they're not educators we've said that before mm-hmm. they, they work with educators so right. they learn things from educators but uh, the more you tell them about things that you want the more chance they have to to make those changes yeah well and i just know like when they first came out they were adamant they were not going to be an lms yes and it's just interesting how much they've closer yes they were saying don't call it an lms yeah when right it first for came a out. long time yeah. i don't know if they still like i don't know no, no, that's no, still no, their no. mantra or not but all right so those are ed tech tools that we feel like have had a great year yes congratulations to all of you Woo-hoo. yes your um, award is in the post yeah right <laughs> Badge, badge it. Um, so, what's uh, what is a EdTech tool that you've used a lot this year? First one I put on here mm-hmm. was Camtasia, mm-hmm. and I feel like you've used that a lot too. I use Camtasia all the time. Yes. I call it Camtasia. I call it Cam. What Tas- do I call it? You call it Camtasia. Camtasia. Mm-hmm. Kind of like colon and colon, or what do you say for colon? Colon. colon. <laughs> That's right. So Camtasia. I know that's one of those tools that. When we were working with teachers and we're talking about screencasting or something, yeah. that's not the go-to tool. The no, go-to tool is... Screencastify. Yes. And, okay. and that's the one I still recommend to yeah. people. But if you like screencasting and you want the maximum flexibility to do things and layer things and change things yeah. and have pop-ups and add-ons and all the rest, I think Camtasia yeah. is as good as it gets. Yeah. And it's I just, some- I mean, a more powerful video editor, right? Yeah. And like, I, sometimes yeah. I just use it as a video editor. I don't yeah. even do screencasting. I'll have the video from something else and I'll just chop yeah. it up inside of Camtasia. Yeah. It's nice. Where do you, how much iMovie have you used ever? Like, if you compare those two, would you, I mean, where do you, where do you think they land? 
I usually go to Camtasia, yeah, I to know. be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't I ever I use moved... iMovie either, but I used to before yeah. I had Camtasia. So I'm just curious if you yeah. ever go there and I'm like, huh, what's, what's going on in iMovie these days? Sometimes I don't find that the green screen inside of Camtasia is as good as yeah. iMovie or other things. I yeah. don't know why, but um, that's about the only time I start to yeah. play around and yeah. jump between the two. Agreed. Uh, what I put on here? Oh, Adobe Spark. You know, I used mm-hmm. Adobe Spark a lot this year um, with some of our... This is, the, this is the one thing that I use in Adobe Spark a ton is that when I have to create some sort of like social media push out for like Think, Make, Innovate or something like that, I use the Adobe Spark post, mm-hmm. right? Post. It's post. Yep. The graphics They've changed one. their name so many times, I always have to think about it. Anyway, so the graphics, yes, so that you can change it between whatever social media um, outlet you're using. So I can create something, and then I'll choose the um, Twitter image instead, and it will... You might still have to move and change your the sizing of your um, text or something like that, but it re-images it for you so that then you can just do the quick tweets and then save that as whatever social media thing. So I can create Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things in one spot. Yes. Just that nice one-click resize and it gives you the different version. Yeah. Yeah, that's very useful. Yeah. But I do think Adobe Spark is really an amazing tool because it's pretty powerful and it's free. Yes. The only problem is, is I can never remember this. You have to be 13. You don't have to be 13. You have to be tied to a teacher account i can't ever remember the adobe spark like so adobe spark have this program called adobe spark for education yeah. which if you get your it to set up for you students can log in with a google account right. or a microsoft account no matter what age they are okay can never remember but if you just use the non-education version then right. you are supposed to be 13, to be 13. Right. yeah Okay, so yeah adobe spark okay we'll tie to that one i can't not mention canva i no. think i use it multiple times a month every time i do a a blog post or every time i promote something like this podcast i'll put like a little graphic next to it and i've got a template inside of canva that i just tweak and change and update so i've probably done that 70 times because we're on episode 70 70 times yes and uh i use canva a lot for all kinds of different things like that Mm -hmm. and uh actually do a class for teachers around graphic design using canva it's really popular so have to uh, say that's one of the tools I use a lot. Yeah, I like Canva too. Mm-hmm. I the only thing that I wish with Canva, I felt like it used to be more obvious which images and stuff were free. Yes, because it used to just be like underneath the image. I feel like it said free, and then it would say pro, and then it'd say premium with a little um, crown or something. Yes. Now you have to like hover over the image to find whether it's free or not free, and so many times I just click on it because I don't know. And then I'm like, go to download it, or I see it, and I'm like, oh, this has a watermark on it, and I have to go back and try again. <laughs> yes, and I have a similar, my similar problem came up with the fonts recently. Oh. They used to have, like, I don't know, like 30 fonts. Yeah. And I, I almost preferred the limited choice, but oh. now they have hundreds of fonts, and some of them are paid fonts, and some oh. of them are free fonts. And, you know, I and don't, they're all in one long list. Yeah, and I don't need, like, six different versions of Arial font. With, no. And... I, I can no, get by with one or whatever. That. Yeah. Right. But, you know, once I have my Educator Pro account, oh, sure. we're going to get all, with your all of those free and you're not going to have those yeah, little right. pop-ups and things yeah. probably as much. Hmm. I hope not. 
Yeah, we'll see. Okay. What else you got? Um, I have kind of an obscure one, but I know I've mentioned it on uh, the podcast before, is Tall Tweets. Okay. I use Tall Tweets a lot, which I'm sure is odd. That surprises me a little bit. I know. Explain for those that might not know what Tall Tweets are. Okay, so Tall Tweets allows you to um, take slides from your Google Slide Deck and turns it into a GIF. Kind of like you would if you were to publish it to the web. Yeah. You know, and then altered how much time you have between each slide. Um, instead, what Tall Tweets does is it pulls your slide. You tell them exactly which slide you want, and then you tell it how long you want the GIF to be, and it just strings them together for you in that amount of time. But what's nice about it is that you can just download it as a GIF. Yeah. File. So you have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the ways I've used that, because uh, I just got done using it, and then I started thinking like, you know, I used that a lot this year. But at the same time, the reason I used it a lot was because um, we do a lot of like, I mean, we present it like iTech or Building Bridges or yep. these different places. And so it's a way to create um, maybe something that's a little bit more eye-catching on the Twitters. Mm. Um or sometimes I'll put like our different sessions in there or different um, PD offerings that we have and I'll create like a team GIF and I'll tweet that out so people can see what's coming up from the digital learning team or something like that. So it's just an easy way to do that without a lot of work. Is that how you created our Christmas yes. GIF? Yeah. I was wondering about that. It's a happy holidays GIF. Okay. Actually, it's like a best wishes from 2019. It's not a Christmas GIF. Okay. Okay. Well, let's change the subject and say, hey, have you used the Tall Tweets Creator Studio? No. I just clicked on the link for Tall Tweets and it says, just launched. Creator Studio turned your Google Slides presentation into GIFs and videos. What? Hmm. I don't have that, but it's probably because I'm logged into it. Okay. So what's it under? Oh. It's on the homepage. Yes. We'll report back on that one, and yeah, Mindy can do some follow-up for us on the Tall Tweets Creator Studio. Yes, I'm going to check that out. Hmm, interesting. All right. What else you got? Um, I've got Unsplash on oh, here. Oh, boy. Okay. Yep. I feel like that is a tool I have used a lot yeah. as well. I feel... Over Pixabay? Yes. Okay. It's my first place to go to oh, now, over oh, Pixabay. Okay. Even though Pixabay got bought by Canva, and I think all those... Pictures are inside of Canva. I yes. find myself defaulting to Unsplash, and then I'll and why? bring that image into why? Canva. Yeah, why? I feel like they're really high-quality oh. images. That yeah. They have the type of images that I'm looking for a lot of the time. Oh. Pixabay does have a safe search filter right. on by default, but there's just a button you click that says, turn yeah. off the filter, right. which kids could do, yes. and, and yeah. do that. So for I sure. don't believe Unsplash has a filter. I'm using it as a professional, as an educator yeah. who knows... Uh, what he may or may not come across there, but I haven't come across anything that I would find unsuitable for the classroom yet. Yeah, but But that doesn't, yes. That comes with that obvious disclaimer that that doesn't mean it is completely safe and you should always check these things out before you use them. For sure. So, Unsplash, um, professional photographers submitting their photos for you to use, Mm -hmm. Creative Commons Zero in any way you want to use them. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I would say you had this one on your list, but I would agree that I use Snagit like a boss all mm. the time. Yeah, that's a few times a day. Oh that. my gosh, I use Snagit yes. all the time. And there's built in tools to like Mac and Windows for screenshots, but yeah, it's not the same. 
I just always go to Snagit. So I have problems with my Snagit now all of a sudden because I used to be able to use my command shift, whatever, what was it, four? Four. Five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would take that screenshot directly into Snagit, open up Snagit, plop it in there, and it would work the same. Really? That doesn't work for me anymore. So now I actually have to use the capture part of Snagit with the red button yeah. and stuff. I didn't used to have to do that, but all of a sudden I have to. So I don't know if it was like something with an update or something like that. But I used to love that. There is a customizable keyboard shortcut for Snagit. Oh, what is it? Uh, you can set it to be whatever you want. Oh, Mine so is apparently set to Shift Command C. Oh, but that if seems you, like a weird one. If you click on the S in your toolbar at the top of the screen, yeah, and it brings on that pop up thing for mm-hmm. the menu with the big red capture button on it. Yes, underneath that it says Add oh, Shortcut, yeah. and you can choose the shortcut you want for okay. your screenshots. Then Interesting. it's just muscle memory you have to get into. To the well, I would of, use just the same thing I did before. It may or may not let you use that oh. because it's like a Mac OS. Oh, sure. That makes one. sense. That makes sense. But yeah. Okay. So there you go. I'm going to give that a shot. All right. So All right. let's move on to EdTech. Our audience enjoyed using this year because okay. we polled the Twitters. The Twitters. To see what people liked to use. And first up here, Jeff Vaughn, Heather Henson, and Mickey Mueller all picked Mindy's seesaw. seesaw. I thought Mindy's seesaw. I was going to say product. I feel like of every choice. time we talk about seesaw, now I have to say like I'm an ambassador for seesaw. There I get a free Plus account every year. Did you hear that FTC? Yes, goodness. All right. So Mickey said it allows students to show what they know in so many ways. Gives parents a glimpse into a one-to-one or digital classroom allows parents to support their learner so easy for any teacher to implement regardless of tech skill. And Heather said something similar. Mm -hmm. In fact, she said something identical. She said (laughs) so easy for students from preschool to high school to use. So that is Mm -hmm. going on there. Obviously, it's a theme. Jeff said Mm -hmm. communication with parents shows growth and performative assessments. He also apologized to me for including Cecil. Yeah. I don't think you need to apologize to me, Jeff. Yeah. But yeah, I. But I, I mean, apology accepted. <laughs> yes, sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. is a, is a very useful tool. Yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of it sitting next to Mindy. Yeah. And I don't talk about it nearly as much as I used to. That's true. That's yeah. true. That is true. Mm-hmm. All right. So, oh, you should talk about this next one because this was a tech nugget of yours, not that. A while ago, right? Well, yeah. Mickey yeah, Mueller okay. also nominated uh, Capwing mm-hmm. for uh, Best of the Year. And we did talk about this. I looked it up. It was way back in April 2018 when we talked to Dr. Ryan Wise, the director of Iowa's Department of Education. Uh, Mickey says it is a free and easy to use multimedia tool suite. You can create memes, edit videos, slideshow maker, stop motion maker, and you can do all that without creating an account. So mm. students can just go to the website and do it. You can download your creations or share them via a link. And yeah, and I'm glad that Mickey brought this up because I totally forgot about it because you're like, oh, do you remember Capwing? And I I'm know. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So that was a good refresher. Yeah, and when I talked about it back in April and what it looks like now is completely different. Oh, nice. They've got this really amazing editor that you can just bring in text and images and mm-hmm. um, manipulate things really very easily. So that is an amazing tool. Mm-hmm. I need to dig in and 
use that some more and show it to more schools. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Ashley Stevens has Flipgrid fever. Mm, she liked Flipgrid. Mm-hmm. But she also really liked Nearpod. And so she said, I love using the platform Nearpod in my classroom to boost student engagement and give every learner a voice. Students love using it too. And with built-in immersive reader, content is accessible for all. Easy to create, drop a PowerPoint and add activities and students can review lessons in their own time. I do feel like some of those features that she's talking about, though, are paid for in Nearpod. That may well be. I, th- I I could definitely be wrong, but I thought that the self-paced stuff was more of a paid feature, but I don't know much about Nearpod at all. I feel like it's still really popular. Yeah, people yeah, really like people it, but do I don't like ever it. have a... Per- no one ever asked me to share it, and mm-hmm. I don't have a purpose for it in my work. Mm-hmm. So It's one of those always, tools yeah. that I've got on my list that I need to go back and yeah. take some time to dig into. That yeah. and uh, Pear Deck. I yeah. want to go in and explore some more. I haven't looked at Pear Deck in like I feel ages. like there's similar type of tools, yeah. like in- audience engagement type of tools. Yeah. But yeah, both are um, are great tools. Yeah. It'd be so. good, I think. Maybe we should do it together and then like brainstorm ideas of how to use it too. It'd be a good blog post. We could do that for okay. sure. All right. Oh, Gina Miller. Gina, thanks for responding. She says that she loves AR Maker. That's M-A-K-R. Um, because it's so user-friendly and that her kids can handle um, it be, handle it totally independently. So if you don't know what AR Maker is, it's an app that lets you sketch and scan and snap the world around you and then transform your creations from 2D to 3D virtual objects using augmented reality. And it's free. And it's free. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw something with Air Maker the other day, which was like um, building a snowman, mm-hmm. like building your own personal snowman. Super simple, timely. Yep. Great for indoor recess. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. <laughs> we have a lot of that right yeah, now. We can't go outside right now, so let's build a snowman inside. Be something fun to do. Also, something you see pop up a lot on the Twitters. Okay. People will share their AR makers. If, yeah. if you look for them, you mm-hmm. can do a quick search and yep. see what people have been making with those. Yeah, but for sure. Great app, definitely. Yep. Uh, last one on here, Emil Harden. He's just loving all the G Suite tools. All of them. Yeah. He says G Suite has so many tools. All of them work so well together. All are fairly easy to use. Yeah. You can't argue with that, really, no, can you? No, not really. And great mm. updates. Great updates. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now on to my favorite part of the show. It's tech. Nuggets. Nuggety, nuggety, nuggety. Oh, look at you. That's usually what I say. Oh, all right. I'll start. Sure. Okay. So um, I am going to be completely honest. I don't know a ton about this app, but I wanted to mention it because um, I see a lot of this from Trisha Fugelstead on Twitter and also our very own Amber Bridge just created one with the iJack app. And so iJack is an an augmented reality app and platform that specializes in the curation and distribution of augmented art. So it still kind of does this um, QR code type of like you scan it, right? And then this little movie pops up. Um, But there's something kind of special about it. It's more like a GIF. I mean, it'll continue to run and it's super neat. So... um, we're going to link an example of what Amber made for Think, Make, Innovate. And she sent to um, Trisha because she did a webinar here with some of our teachers. But it's kind of a neat thing to take a look at. I don't think it's for the complete faint of heart because um, Amber used Keynote for that. That's what you were referencing before, right? When yes. she created that. So um, using Keynote and iJack app, 
gives you some, uh, maybe opens up the possibilities for AR. Kind of a neat little thing. So it's similar to what some people might know as the Erasma app oh, or the yeah. HP Reveal. Reveal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of deal. Is that yeah. how you would describe it? I guess. I think it's neater than that, to be completely honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Because even with, like, um, Erasma, it was just, like, a video that overlay, kind of like what Flipgrid AR does. You mm-hmm. know, like, that's that's what I imagine with the Flipgrid AR is what Erasma used to do. This is, like, you actually creating. I mean, I guess you can create a video, too, but it's different. It's like an illustration video. Okay. I don't know. Just take a look at it. Take a look at the iJack yes. app. Yeah. And this app is free or not free? I don't know. <sighs> Just look. I don't know. I'm assuming it's... Yes, the app is free. Awesome. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Okay, so here's one I came across. It's called Equity Maps. And I think this is a really interesting iPad app. It is built for Socratic seminars, for literacy circles, for classroom discussions. And it's a way that teachers can track and assess student involvement in those little group work scenarios that you get. Mm-hmm. It can also be used for like PLCs or maybe instructional coaches that are keeping a track of like teacher-student talk ratio right. and things like that. So you basically set up the group you want to um, assess here and you can do that inside of the app with the number of people that you have or the roles that they have in that group. And then every time somebody speaks, you tap on that person's icon. And then when the next person speaks, you tap on the next person. And the app will register this and Mm -hmm. time how long that person talks for. And at the end of the session, the little group work that you have, it will collect all that data and map it for you so that you can see a breakdown of individual talk time, it also does things like a gender equity breakdown, like mm-hmm. how many times boys spoke, how many times girls spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even have it record audio at the same time so that if you go back and you want to see what little Johnny was saying in the group conversation, mm-hmm. you could just hear the conversation things that he said every time that you tapped on his head in right. the app. Right. So I think it's just a really interesting app that could be used in all kinds of different curricular areas. I mean... Even if you wanted, you could have students kind of self-monitor. And, yeah. you know, when you like give, in a small group or something. Yeah, right? you have everybody a role. One's a timekeeper, one's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else. And that could be one of the roles that they have in the group. So yeah. the app itself is one ninety nine, And there are premium features that you can add, like more students or templates and layouts and things. That's a seven ninety nine in-app purchase. Okay. Or you can just buy the premium app by itself, which is nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. which I like because um, in-app purchases are hard for schools to buy. Right, you need like the full app version. Yep, it's also available in the VPP store. If you buy twenty or more, you can get it for half price. Half off, right? So, Equity Maps. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's only available for the iPad, as far as I know, mm-hmm. but I think that's a nice portable thing to take into a group work with you and. Mm-hmm. Uh, have that record keeping. Yeah, and I think we have schools that are using this. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I had heard about it from Gina, and I know that um, she's had a couple of teachers that are giving it a try. I don't know how it's going for them, but I know she was really excited about it because it's really, it's really an interesting concept because we talk so much about student talk time. Yes. Um, but I think even having not only about student talk time, but which students are doing the talking. So. Or even just to like pull one or two students over and show them the data and say, hey, 
Remember that conversation we guys all had over there? Mm-hmm. You talked like almost all the time. <laughs> Look <laughs> or, at you there, talkie talkerson. Yeah, or you didn't really yeah. m- contribute much. Is that because you don't right. have much understanding or, or whatever sure. you know yeah. you need to talk to people about? So right. yep. data's good for that. Yes. Um, so also in the Twitter feed for the month of December, you will, and I brought up one last time, lots of advent calendars or the, you know, hashtag 12 days of Twitter, lots of challenges always going on in December. We like lists in December. Tis the season. Tis the season for lists. Um, so I came across this hashtag from Ryan and Brian and Shooks and GIF, which was create with Chrome. Um, and one of the tools that they shared, um, at the beginning here of December was make a digital snowflake. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check out this make a digital snowflake. So, um, and actually it was shared by, oh, I better give the right person credit, uh, where I actually, I actually saw it from Julie Many at Many Adventures, Adventures. So she had shared her digital um, snowflake from rectangleworld.com backslash paper snowflake. And so um, it gives you kind of this triangle. It's a 90 degree right triangle. I'm showing really, these are the only geometry terms I know. (laughs) So you click on make a snowflake and then with your cursor, you create um, different spots um, or shapes that you cut out. So imagine that triangle is actually like the snowflake all cut up. And then you add that cut to the snowflake and it will show up in your big snowflake and cut it apart. I'm doing it right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I thought this was um, obviously now we mentioned I'm a math person. I am. I am not a geometry person at all. However, I do think there must be some geometry going on here. Well, yeah. What is it? If you look at like the directions it gives you, it's, yeah. there's a lot of good mathematical vocabulary there. Yes, there are. It talks about drawing a polygon, polygon. to create the vertices. Yeah. You have to have a closed polygon. Yeah. You can drag the vertices and move them around. Yeah. So, yeah, I I like this. I mean, we talk about not wanting to replace, you know, certain analog activities with a digital equivalent, but right. you know, but Definitely. what I would say to that is there are kids who can't cut with the scissors. Yes, that's where right? I was going. Oh, yeah. sorry. And how many times have you done this and accidentally cut the thing in two? Oh, and then thought, yeah, for oh, sure. And then Whoops. had some really strange looking snowflakes. So, yeah. you know, it's pretty fun. It is fun. And you can change the background. Yep. And you can, uh, background color, I should say. Yeah. And you can uh, download your picture. Yep. Save it to your computer. You don't need to log in or do anything right. else with yeah. it. So maybe you could use it as part of another project. Yeah. One thing I would say is that there is an auto update. Yes. Button. I like it better when I can do an auto update and see immediately what it's going to look like instead of doing all of my cuts and then creating it in the end. Mm-hmm. So I suggest turning that on mostly just because I liked it better, but it might be more of a like a, oh, surprise, look what you made. So and there is an undo button as well. There is an undo button. So if you've made a mistake, there is no undo in paper. <laughs> And I don't know. Yes, and I don't know if there is a mistake. I think no, right. These designs are all they all look good, no matter what you do, right? And so I have done it too, where I cut like a little piece out, like cut it apart, and Mm -hmm. it still lays it flat. You know what I mean? Like it puts so it's not like it's like oh you screwed up, (laughs) throw this one in the trash. It kind of just lays it flat and puts those pieces in. So 
I don't know. It's just kind of a fun one, I thought. And um, I mean, you could pull that into Google Slides and show different steps of what you did, too. Like, first I did this, and I don't know. So, you absolutely could. Yeah. All right. Are we done with Paper Snowflakes? I think so. Okay. Okay. My, okay, so my last nugget, then, is one that I picked uh, because I, I saw it recently. This is not a new thing, but no, right. at least in my house, there's a lot more questions from kids about politics. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we're always seeing politics on the news right now. People are doing... People are doing ads on TV, like vote for me. And kids are like, why do we vote for this person? Or what does this person want votes for? And mm-hmm. and all the rest. So um, iCivics is my pick because this is a free website that's been around for a long time. It's been yeah. it's been around like when I was teaching in the classroom. Oh, so wow, that is a long time. I use it with fourth graders. It's a really fun uh, way to help engage kids. It's not really aimed at fourth graders. It's aimed more at middle high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available as a website. It has a variety of free mobile apps as well. Huh. They say it's used by more than 108,000 teachers and 6 million students in all 50 states. Wow. So it's basically social studies type curriculum, yeah. like how the government works and what it means to be a citizen in the United States. They have standard aligned curriculum units. Hmm. You select your state and then you select the subject that you would like to um, have the standards oh, for. Okay. So. I would have to double check and see if that is aligned to the new Iowa social study mm-hmm. standards. But well, we'll wait for you to get back to us then. Yeah, news and follow up. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. It is iCivic. So it's 100% free. It is supported by donations. So if you feel so obliged, I'm sure they would uh, love to have a donation from you at this time of year. Okay. Is that it? I think so. I don't, nuggets are yeah, done? Then, uh, yeah, I didn't have... Well, I don't have any other nuggets. Well, we should probably give a shout out to Rachel Smith okay. before we go, um, who is sharing our podcast on Twitter. Rachel is an MFL teacher and a great person to follow on Twitter if you like to know more about the Isle of Man. Do you know where the Isle of Man is, Mindy? No, I probably don't want to know either. Well, it's a little island kind of in between Scotland and Northern Ireland and Northern oh. England. It's very small. But, Why is it um, called the Isle of Man? That's a great question. <laughs> It's actually a really interesting place. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but mm-hmm. when I was an undergraduate, mm-hmm. you know, about like five, six years ago, um, <laughs> my major, I think you call it a major, my, you? Yeah. my major was history. Mm-hmm. And one of the classes I took was the history of the Isle of Man. Boy. So there you go. It was actually oh. a very when strategically... When I say here, Isle of Man, I don't think island. I think like, I don't know. Okay. Some sort of man cave. It's really not a man cave. <laughs> it's really a little island out in cool. the in the ocean there. It's kind mm-hmm. of fun. It, it was strategically very important for a long time. Really? Like Scotland owned it for a while, then England owned it, and there was Vikings that were on it for a while. And wow. it was just everybody wanted to be on the Isle of Man. And if you see some of Rachel's pictures, maybe you'll want to be there too. All right. Well, I'll check out Rachel then for sure. Yeah. So this is our last episode of 2019. Yes, it is. Best wishes for the holidays coming Absolutely. up. And we will see you in 2020. That's the plan. Okay. I am at Team Carney on Twitter, and Jonathan is at Jonathan Wiley. Our team account is at DLGWAA. You can use our hashtag EdTechTakeout to take the show. If you prefer, you can send us an email to podcast at GWAA.org. So until next year. Ooh, this has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. 
For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.